The Lord be with you. A reading from the whole, from the conclusion of the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, Thus it is written that the Christ would suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be preached in his name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, raising his hands and blessed them. As he blessed them, he parted from them and was taken up to heaven. They did him homage and then returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple praising God. The Gospel of the Lord. Today we celebrate the ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ into heaven. But what does it mean for us? Those angels at the side of the ascension said to those men of Galilee, Men of Galilee, why do you stand there looking up into heaven, acting as if you don't know what's happening? Well, we too sometimes can be like those men of Galilee. So when the ascension is properly celebrated on Thursday instead of Sunday, so normally in the long-standing tradition of the church, Ascension Thursday, Thursday previous to this Sunday, would have been when that ascension takes place. Placed within that proper context, then Easter is 40 days of rejoicing and rest with our Lord Jesus Christ present in his risen body. And then there's nine days of ascension time. Nine days, the first novena of praying for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, contemplating the presence of Christ in heaven. All of this, if the ascension didn't happen, the resurrection wouldn't make sense, and God's promises would never have come to completion. So the ascension, which is often just passed by, is essential to the salvation history and mysteries of our faith. You see, because if our Lord Jesus Christ rose from the dead and then just hung out for the last 2,000 years in Jerusalem, if we could go visit him this day in his house that he's had for the last 2,000 years, then indeed we would have thought that, well, Jesus, you said you were going to set up a heavenly kingdom, but looks like you set up one here on earth. If he didn't ascend into heaven to the Father's right hand, it would have been an earthly kingdom. But he did not come to set up an earthly kingdom. He came to set up a kingdom of heaven that breaks into our world. So he ascends to the Father's right hand, not only to fulfill the promises that he would do so, to take up his seat at the right hand of the Father, but also to give us hope. You see, before Christ ascended into heaven, we were uncertain because of our own weakness and sinfulness if indeed humanity could survive the presence of God. But now we know it can, because the humanity of Christ sits in the presence of the Father at all times. And where the head is, so will the body be. We are members of that body. We have been given that promise of hope that we too will dwell with God forever in heaven. So, today... The ascension is all about hope. It's what allowed the martyrs that have gone before us to face all sorts of trials, pains, and sufferings and persecutions because they knew that it was worth it. That indeed, that if Christ ascended into heaven, we would too. 
if we follow him and are united to him. So it's how anybody and everybody, if you're a red martyr or a white martyr. White martyrs are those who give their lives to Christ but don't shed their blood. Who through a life of discipline sacrifice, and daily sacrifice of self, live out a true martyrdom. We can endure all of that because we know it's worth it. For Christ sits at the right hand of the Father. Now our Holy Mother, the Church, the Bride of Christ, teaches us about all of this, especially in the preface today. That prayer that comes before the Eucharistic prayer. In that preface, which is always a summary of the spiritual teaching of the Church in the season, it says this, He ascended not to distance himself from our lowly state, but that we, his members, might be confident of following where he, our head and founder, has gone before. By Christ's life and teachings, he taught us how to be united to God. By his death and resurrection, he obtained the grace necessary to destroy sin so that we could be united to him. By his ascension into heaven, he brought to completion the fulfillment of the divine promises and that we really can dwell with him forever. The resurrection let us know that Christ will always be with us. The ascension lets us know that we will always be with him. We should have this confidence in mutual abiding, because if you don't know who Christ is and you don't know who you are with him, then Pentecost makes no sense. The only reason why the early apostles that day of Pentecost could go forth and proclaim the crucifixion so boldly is because they understood who Christ was, that he was at the Father's right hand, that he wasn't separated from them, nor did he abandon them, but that he was always with them. If you want next week, Pentecost, if you want the grace of the Holy Spirit, then you have to understand the grace of the Ascension. That even though Christ seems absent, He's always present. And so that's where we come now, my brothers and sisters, to the great mystery, glory, and joy of being Catholic. Because we alone amongst all Christians believe in the true substantial presence of our Lord Jesus Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity present under the species of bread and wine in the Most Holy Eucharist. Because we alone amongst all Christians accept the true teaching handed on by the Apostles concerning the priesthood of Christ, that he alone is the one single priest, as it said in the book of Hebrews, but that men are conformed to that one priesthood through the sacrament of holy orders, and that through that gift he is made present not only in the Eucharist, but in the person of Christ and the person of the priest. We alone, my brothers and sisters amongst all Christians, proclaim the full moral teachings of our Lord Jesus Christ and accept the power to forgive sins through the sacrament of confession. We truly are unique, my brothers and sisters, as Catholics, and then we daily, through the holy sacrifice of the Mass, approach the ascended Lord himself. This isn't merely just play-acting. We're not just here doing something that makes us feel good. We're here to worship God in spirit and truth as he has asked us to worship him. And when we do so, we're given a glimpse into heaven itself. Here your hope is renewed. Here your charity should take deeper root in your hearts. This is what we do. If we don't believe that as Catholics, then we miss out on the central mystery of our faith. If we don't understand this great mystery of approaching God himself face to face here on this altar, then why do we come? If we don't understand the central mystery of the ascended Christ who's in heaven and also on earth, making heaven present here on earth, 
then indeed we cannot be like those early martyrs who, with the promise of torture and death, still showed up to the holy sacrifice of the Mass. Nothing could keep them away from their God and offering Him true worship. So my brothers and sisters, we often can come up with all sorts of excuses to miss Mass. Sleep, it's been a long week, I got travel, whatever it is. But if we properly understood what gift is offered to us here, the encounter that we have with God himself, the place where we can lay down our burdens, receive grace and the help that we need, indeed we would rejoice on this day of the ascension. So renew your hope, my brothers and sisters, for our Lord Jesus Christ sits at the right hand of the Father. He will be present and is present on this altar in the person of the priest in the most holy Eucharist through the sacramental system. He has not abandoned you. He is always present with you. And he's always calling you home to the right hand of the Father.